Hello, coaches. Uh, welcome to Daily Daily Sports Science Podcast. Uh, very, very special guest today. Uh, we've got Dewald Senegal, the former professional rugby union player, um, now the Connacht forward coach. Um, Dewald, you're very, very welcome to, to DSS uh, Podcast. Um, you know, it's a pleasure to have you on. Um, I, I was chatting to Bernard earlier, and he also told me a little story there, Bernard Jackman. He says, not only were you uh, a professional rugby player, but you also were, were good with the bat and the ball and the cricket as well. Is that is that right? <laughs> yeah, thanks th Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, Bernard, that was a few of my secrets. So, yeah, before... <laughs> Well, I don't have your your classic uh, playing career. I actually only started playing rugby at the age of 24. I was very, very much uh, in love with cricket when I'm growing up, and uh, and uh, I was playing professionally up until the age of 23, and and really loved the sport. And I still do. Like I come home every day, and my switch off is watching cricket up on the TV. So uh, still love the game. Um, but uh, yeah, no, loving loving what rugby has given me these last few last few years. Yeah. Yeah, brilliant. And your and your coaching journey, well, obviously you finished you finished playing in, in twenty fifteen, and you started your 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 coaching journey with with, with uh, Beyond, and then into Grenoble, Stade yeah. Francais, and now you're you're the Connacht forwards coach. So, I suppose people people watching will probably want to know what what took a South African man over to the west coast of Ireland. <laughs> yeah, no, it's uh, as I said, like uh, I've never done things the the traditional route. Um, uh, one thing that was for sure from a really early age is I, I always thought I would end up in coaching. I really loved loved it, and I think that that love of coaching and and the role that it can play in, in athletes' lives was really um, instilled with with me going growing up um, in South Africa, where I was fortunate to have some really really great coaches, mm -hmm. guys that uh, were great mentors to me. Um, as a young guy and, and coached me and, and, and gave me a lot of um, opportunities to uh, go out and express and get better. And, um, and I think from that, from that day on, early on, they really inspired me. And I, I thought always that that's something I'd like to do myself. So even when I was playing professional cricket, I was running a, um, a cricket academy, um, even as a 20, 22-year-old, um, when I just started my rugby journey, um, it was, might have been my second year of playing professional rugby and I was coaching um, St. Albans College in Pretoria, their first team in the afternoons and and um, always been involved in it and, and always when some people have asked me to come out, I've always really keen. So um, it was always a case of me wanting to get onto, onto coaching and as I said, that that was installed really, really early on. Um, and then, yeah, just, just how did I get to the west of Ireland? He's myself and my, my, my wife is French. Um, and we met in Bayonne um, almost 10, 11 years ago, 10 years ago now. And we, um, we, I've always been in front of, well, I've played, started playing in South Africa and then got the opportunity to go to France. And it was a great, a great, great experience for myself. Um, learned a new language, got out of my comfort zone. And, and um, I had, I'd been in France for 12 years when the, when the, the, possibility to join Connacht came up and I had some really good um, talks with Andy Friend and and that really inspired me to, to go and learn from someone with all that experience and mm. and we wanted to just see what it was like to go into an Anglo-Saxon environment um, and, and and what how that differs from the French environment that I've known for the last 12 or knew for that first 12 years mm. so um, yeah, so we took up the opportunity. It's been a great experience. We've loved every moment of it yeah. with the wet and with the wind. We've loved everything. But um, yeah, now I've just been fortunate having come into a club with some good coaches um, 
that's in a in a healthy place, even for a small club and and a great group of forwards um, and a great group of players as 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 a whole. So we've really enjoyed the experience. Yeah, it's, in, it's interesting that you talk about you know even the the language difficulty and stuff and the language barrier. You know, well obviously you know when when you moved to France initially and you know I suppose that's just that's a small challenge obviously in coaching here a lot of our coaches are obviously you know local coaches we we would have a huge amount of coaches registered here on on DSAS but a lot of them would coach Gaelic football there is some that coach rugby soccer but obviously coaching is coaching you know and, and for me yeah. you know coaching is very transferable but you know challenges in coaching like that obviously was a challenge in itself would, would there would there have been any challenge other challenges early in your coaching career that, that you would have faced and, and and you know how would you have dealt with them yeah I've had a lot of a lot of fate what I call what I call them my favorite failures um early on like obviously as a, as a guy that's just come as a finished as a player ended up coaching a lot of the guys I played with before um I was very passionate and really wanted to do really well and initially really stuck it was with a few ideas in my head and I think um initially I was a little bit of a bull in a china shop almost wanting to reinvent the wheel and and more more was more was better and I still went back the other day to some of my old sessions where we used to have one hour unit sessions. And today I can get through the same amount of work and the same quality or better quality now these days in 10 to 15 minutes. Mm. Um, and I think that's just a little bit of experience. But I mean, some of the challenge originally was just, as I said, um, just trying too hard. Um, initially, um, also a little copy and pasting. I think mm. that was initially a thing you you... You might go and watch Saracens and see these nice line art moves and things they do, and you want to copy and paste that without understanding really why are they doing that movement? What is the end goal with it? And and I think over years, with a little bit of experience, I've been able to, and I'm still on that learning journey. That's still still to, mm. to this day. There's things that we started to do it uh, 18, 20 months ago here at Connaught that we don't do anymore. What I've learned. That, that might not work for this team or for this um, competition. And I think that's just the real um, where experience helps you. And, and, and actually over the years, being able now to build a real clear philosophy of your own that you've made your own and not copy and pasting other people's stuff um, has now helped me to really take away a lot of the the extra things that were there and just going, um, being able to just go to to the necessary and, and the key principles really quickly, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to come to coaching philosophy in a second uh, because obviously I think it's important we, we touch on that, but you, you talked there as well about favourite failures. It's interesting you say that because I know even from my own experience in coaching, you know, I've had some wonderful memories, but I've also had some, you know, horrific journeys and, and horrific yeah. experiences as well. I think that I have actually probably grown as a coach more through the failures yeah. than, than I have through the, the, the winning. But yeah. but for yourself, like, was there was there periods of self-doubt as a coach? Because I know I get it. You know, I think we all get it as coaches. We obviously start to doubt everything we're doing. And yeah. like, how, how do you overcome that? If, you, if you're a young coach and you're coming in, like, how do you overcome that? that period of self-doubt yeah. yeah as I said one of my biggest favorite failures in the start was um I was trying to go faster than the music I wanted to to quickly climb up the ranks and I just started and and I was very fortunate that in the first year of coaching I had a lot of success with a group of players we had we we ran a good line out had a good scrum good set piece and and we helped Bayon get promoted straight away after being um relegated the year before and we won a final in the first year so quite quickly 
you had a big, big self-image of your coaching ability and the things that you are capable of. Um, and then the second year in the top 14 was a tougher, tougher challenge, the smaller team. And uh, we might, some of the learnings there was maybe not making the right recruitment calls, which are really important at that stage for a team that gets promoted. But um, I, I would say that then I thought it, as I said, things would go faster. Then next job, I got an opportunity to go to Grenoble as head coach, joint head coach with Stefan Gla. And I was like, that's the next step. I've got to go there. And then and then I went from there to Stade Francais, going to work with Heineken May. And, and that's the next thing, to, to coach a big budget top 14 French team. But I lost a little bit of why, what... What made me what made me a good coach and what, what I loved about coaching along the way about becoming a little bit too career driven, um, and I just had to and 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 that ended up me well us as a coaching staff at Stade Francais after five months getting fired, five months into a two year contract and um, and that was a really important time for me in my coaching career in the sense of I had to go sit down and go back and ask myself what why do I love what I do. And, and I realized that I've always, from the day one that I started, I wanted to be, and I'm still well on that journey and still have a lot of work to do, but I wanted to be known as one of a world-class forwards coach, first and foremost, and have a great pack of guys that want to play for each other and play for the team and, and are well-drilled and, and love being out there together. And, and I'd forgotten that. I'd gone chasing like this next thing, next thing, next thing that just looks great on a CV, but... Uh, and I, and it took me a little bit away from those key key principles and my philosophy that I that I drew up on on day one, and um, and it took that being fired to to go and sit down. Luckily, it was a a, a great time in my life where in November we got got given the um, the sack from Stade Francais. My daughter was born in February, um, and COVID hit us in March. So I had been I'd actually almost 16 months out of the game. And that 16 months was a great time because I would have had the relationship I have with my daughter if it wasn't for that. Um, as a coach, you know, it's, 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 it takes a lot of time away from you and your family. Um, and it got me to go and really dig deep into, into my technical philosophies around the game and the set piece. And it also got me to dig in back to the key principles of my of my coaching philosophy. So I say that 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 was a big thing for me is just instead of trying to chase the big the big pick boxes, it's about really making sure that you're really good at what you do. Um, and I've just come back now and a lot of people have said to me, why don't you reapply for head coach jobs? And, I, and it's just for me to it's a different if it's if it's, it's a different role from a specialist coach. It's a real different role. And um I just love being with with my pack of forwards and, and trying to get the best out of them and together with them, and um, and that's where at this stage of my life where I, where I want to be at and that's my big lesson I think I've learned as a young coach there is, is don't go faster than the music it'll yeah. come yeah 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 no I love that I love that faster than the music I like that it's funny you mentioned uh, your daughter <clears throat> my own oldest girl she's fifteen today. Like I've been coaching now. Congratulations! For, yeah, I know, I know, but hey, I don't know where the time has gone, and that—that's just just what you said there. You know, having that time, you know, watching them grow, and you know, you miss those years when you're coaching because the game consumes us, doesn't it? Like you know, and, and like it doesn't matter if it's rugby or soccer or Gaelic. Like, like when you're coaching, you're engrossed in it, and well, like when you're a player, when you're a player, you went home, put your boots in the shed, 
yeah. down and had your dinner and forgot about it. You know, and you're thinking about your own game. But I suppose as a coach, there's just there's so much going on, isn't there? Yeah. After the game, you're 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 overanalyzing yeah. everything, aren't you? Yeah, it is. But I think I think once again, the the birth of our little daughter Charlotte has been great for me because because I wanted to be a good coach. I actually. Um, I've learned since he's been here that more is less. Yeah. less excuse me, sorry, less is less more. Is, less, is less, more. L- less is more because yeah. um, I used to go and analyze everything. And I think if mm. with the game, the way the game's going and with uh, video analysis, every every frame you can almost find something wrong. Yeah. And I think sometimes um, we get a little bit stuck within that. And like today, we've got all these wonderful things. We've got huddle and WhatsApp groups and all this, and you can send a lot of information. But I, like, I just think that it's really important to say um, what is what is what is going to be really important for us this weekend. We and I think instead of sending out a lot of videos and, and sending out and, and clouding the mind, it's really important just to have a quiet chat with someone if something pops up and if there's something that that comes becomes clear that it's a problem at the moment then we'll speak about it as a group but apart from that i think i'm doing a lot less than i try to do like i'm not over over analyzing it and i think that's been that's been great for me and then and then i've made a real a real effort at when i come home i'll have an hour or so um i'm coming home a lot earlier that's the first thing like uh, one thing i believe in is is busy is the new stupid so I think it's important that I can sit at the office the whole day, but then if I'm on Facebook and I'm on Instagram and I'm on YouTube, then I'm not really working, am I? So, so I think it's really important that um, that I do get home at certain times so I can spend the time with my family and my daughter. And But knowing that every day when I walk in there, the work has been done and I'm prepared and the players are well prepared. So I think that's really important to... To take that time for yourself, um, it's been a big learning for me, and and I think that the URC and the way we we work at Connaught under Andy has allowed me to do that, and it's been really refreshing for me and my family. And then um, the big thing that for me in the last twelve months I've changed is really getting out every morning at five thirty, getting in the gym, spending a bit of time, uh, looking after myself, um, and then and then taking those those happy endorphins but into training with me and I think it's it's changed my personality with the group and with the players as they they they've got a happy idea about walking into the gates in the morning maybe because he's more tired <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but I think that those things are really important and we talk about it enough but like this year the last 12 months it's, it's been massive for me um, and I'm, as I said I'm in a much happier place Brilliant point. Brilliant. No, and it's interesting you say that because your mood as a coach, you know, sometimes for me, I remember, you know, leaving a, a county session one night and one of the players saying, you know, you, you weren't yourself tonight. You know, he picked up and I think I had a tough day at school and you're coming home and then you're traveling to training and, you know, maybe you're hoping the children's doing their homework and there's all sorts going on at home because ultimately as coaches with home lives as well, you know, just to, just as much as we have our, 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 our sporting lives. And, you know, I remember one of the players saying like, you know, we, we need your energy. And I'm sort of thinking like, it's, it's mad, you know, that, that they yeah. picked up that one night that maybe yeah. I'm just not on my game a hundred percent, you know, and yeah. I think that's important as a coach, we go in with that energy, isn't it? Like, you know, really. Yeah. No, it is important. And, and, and also it just says a lot about <laughs> like they care, they, 
and that's thing. One thing I have found in Ireland is that the players want to have a relationship with the coaches, and they want to. They want to. I think there's a real care factor with us at, at Connacht with with the players, and they really want to make sure that everybody's well. And and we can't all be great. Like today, my best is here. Tomorrow, my best is there. And that fluctuates with your besties, and um, and it's the same for the players. And we have to appreciate that. And it's great that that when they do that, that they actually reach out to us and and say, "Listen, are you all right, coach? We need you." Um, because uh, as I said, it's difficult to always be there, even though we we strive to always be there. Yeah. Yeah, and you talked about relationships. I think, uh, Dwal, that's that's something that I really want to hone in, and it's something that I sort of pride myself on in my own coaching. You know, I'm I'm huge into sort of getting to understand that the the player is a person. And funny, I was watching the the All or Nothing documentary. You know, um, Mikhail Arteta at Arsenal, yeah. and it's it's on Prime, and it's it's interesting because. He, he puts a lot of that on, you know, relationships with players, building relationships with players, building that trust. And, you know, he, he does a lot of things in the, in that sort of documentary, which which is very personal to players. And, you know, even even the, bringing in the, the, the cameraman and small things like that. And just, you know, really honing in the humane side of, of, of the player, you know. And, and, and I suppose in your in your profession as well, where, where these guys, it's their job, it's, it's their work. Like, it's vitally important you have that relationship, isn't it, like? Yeah, no, it is. It is. I think when I got lost a little bit for those this one or two years, especially when I went to when I went to become a head coach at Grenoble, and <clears throat> I just think the way the players look at you once you've got that that cap on is is is, is slightly different. Um, because I just come from two years being very close with my pack of forwards and Bayon to going to be this head coach role. And now you're actually the guy that's not just the system that's there to try and get, make them better and give them opportunity. You're, you're the guy that almost decides on where their future lies. Mm. And I, and I really struggled with that as a head coach, cause I, I, I need to have those relationships with my player. I need to, to, for them um, to, to feel comfortable to an extent, because it's always there's always that little barrier, but to an extent that they can that they know that I care for them and they care. And when we talk about coaching philosophy, it's a major part of of of, of what uh, of what my coaching philosophy looks like. But um, you have to, I think, today in the current day um, generations, they they also want to know that they don't want to that they don't want to have the bad cop the whole time. And I think initially, I. I was driving standards so hard that I was always the bad cup, always hitting on the fingers. And um, and 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 the fact that I've relaxed so much with that has, has actually changed the relationship um, with the guys. Uh, so it's so so important. I believe that. Yeah, brilliant. And tell me this: like, obviously, you know, there's there's different there's different dynamics in every group. Uh, you know, and, and no matter what group you go into, you have thirty players, forty players, whatever. You know, you're going to have your introverts, your extroverts. You're going to have your your lads who maybe just training. You know, they're 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 there, but come match day, they're here. Or you're going to have all the lads in training are here. Come match day, they're only here. You know, from a coaching perspective, uh, well, is there anything that you would use, like you know, a variety of coaching strategies or aids or any variation in your in your in your coaching that you would have used in the past or presently that that would maybe, you know, do you come with something different every night or 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 what what is your approach like? I think I think the first thing is to try to understand wh what that player comes from, and I think it was a real, initially a challenge for me when I got here, because obviously I'd spent all that time in France and before that in South Africa. It's the first time I was working with Irish guys, and um, and they and they do love they 
do love a good yarn. They do love a good talk. <laughs> so um, I think initially I try to I try to obviously go, go towards them, and I, and I think one of the the metaphors I used when I walked into the room the first time I said it's like um, it's all about you and it's like me and a girl in a in a nightclub and we see each other and we sort of like each other but we we don't know what what we're about so we do a bit of a dance this way and they do a bit of a dance and we uh, and eventually we start getting it closer and we get the courage to 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 ask them if they want to drink and vice versa and and I think it's a little bit similar there where in the beginning there was that little bit of is he is he a good dancer yeah I think he's a decent <laughs> dancer so I might uh, is he a nice guy? Well, I'll, I'll buy him a drink type of thing. And, and I think that initially we spoke about that relationship and building it and got into the stage where we actually want to invite each other for dinner and and and, and spend a little bit more time together. And I think um, that that's really important to build that relationship as we spoken about earlier. And one of the things I did do initially is trying on the off days um, is just to get the guys away from the club um, and me out of a power position where if I, I see them and talk to them in my office, um, I'm always in a position of power. I'm the coach. Where, so I tried quite a bit of doing on the off days, just getting three, four, five guys, sending them a text, let's meet for coffee in town somewhere. And, and a little half an hour chats where it's just the open floor. It's not, uh, what do you think about this line out move or, or this more? It's what do you like? Oh, now all of a sudden they know I love going on my big touring motorbike and, oh, I love uh, watching cricket and vice versa. And just having those discussions initially, mm -hmm. getting to know them better. I remember going for a coffee with a play in Toulon. I was struggling, never really got going. And then one day, just over coffee, told me, well, he's got eight eight brothers and sisters and no father back home in Tonga. And he actually sends back all his money every month because he's got to look after them. Yeah. And he's got all that responsibility on his shoulders. So yeah. like, I think it's really important, you know, that when, when, when you work with your players. So, um, so this is, it was just those little talks trying to be um, treating them like normal human beings and, and, and have a, have a good yarn. And, and over time, then you can build those relationships and, and 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 have the comfort and they can feel more comfortable to have that and once again it's just around get away from the sports ground get out there just be normal being human beings and treat them like that and i think um that goes a long way in 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 trying to get those even those introverts will have a coffee when they're comfortable um with you and um and not and not in a room in front of other people yeah yes yeah, it's, it's it's brilliant to hear that actually you know it's brilliant to hear that in particularly even you know, I think there's there's obviously the modern day player, as if you want to sort of call it that. Like I know from teaching, you know, I've been teaching now twenty two years. Like, and I know from from looking at younger people now, it's just society is different. It's just completely different. You know, social media has taken over a large part of their lives, and players will now the first thing players, some players do, not all players. But they'll go to social media and look for comments about their performance or how they performed, and you know that can all play psychologically on a on a player as well. And I think it's it's that the lad, the young lad you mentioned there from Tonga, like that obviously brought a pressure on itself to that young yeah. lad. You you wouldn't have been aware of. 
and 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 from that, uh, Dwight, like, do you do you feel like do you empower players then in sessions? Would you give the players ownership and responsibility within the sessions? You know, for example, you talked about lineouts and you talked about different different types of of sort of uh, set plays in rugby. Like, are you are you giving players responsibility to feedback to you, or is that all directed from from the coach? Like, uh, oh no, that's changed massively over the years as well, and and it's changed, but it's always been part of me of trying to say that they are the guys that are out in the arena and I am not like, and we, we only have at this stage, we only have one uh, walkie talkie upstairs between our four coaches up there. So the absolute actual amount of messages we give down to the field are, are minimal, absolutely mm-hmm. minimal. So, and it's um, very different to what France is where you, the coaches, the head coach is standing on the touchline shouting what they must do. So, mm-hmm. um, but um, so, We've we've tried over. I think it's like it's 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 a part in the beginning where, as I said, as the relationship grows, and I think once you've got a really clear coaching philosophy around the technical stuff, what a good lineout looks like, what a good mall looks like, and what a good set piece looks like. I think in the beginning, it's really about taking your leaders and 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 talking to them and trying to find what they've done really well in the past and how can you bring something new to that and then challenging them and showing them a little bit why you think your philosophy works. And I think the sell is really important for them to get on board. And I was really fortunate at Connacht where our lineup leaders bought in and were prepared to try new things really early on. And, and once again, we were fortunate that we got a bit of success out of it. Um, and then as time went on, there was a shift in power where I would still help them a little bit with the menu and decisions. And now we got into a stage over this last season where uh, I think the last four months, I sent out a playlist of what the opposition do. And on a Monday morning, um, the, we've got five lineout leaders. So three experienced guys, two young guys. And they sit between themselves and they send me back a me- uh, their line out menu and and yeah. I just I just formalize it and and we try and um, and we try and make that a best possible. Mm-hmm. If there's something that's really really self that that I believe won't work, I will will discuss yeah. it with them. Yeah. Um, but um, no, they've been brilliant. Like mm-hmm. that's one thing that I have been. Um, not surprised with. I think it was always what I was expecting, but the, especially the Irish boys, I just think they're so diligent and, and so professional around their preparation and um, their capacity to learn is so much, to learn and learn fast is so much better. I think that's what makes it the Irish rugby as strong as it is. It's just the boys are intelligent rugby players. They learn quickly and the yeah. big thing is they're capable. They've got so much pride and passion. They play bigger than what they physically are. Mm. Um, and those are a lot of traits it's difficult to coach um, and, and these boys have got it so I think that's been really brilliant so it's been an easier transfer of power but they have taken that responsibility really early on um, like they they put a message up in our whatsapp group this morning 8.50 line out walkthrough I, I don't even go to those anymore mm. um, just because they know the leaders know what our, what 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 our key principles are and they and they run yeah. that and they push that so so right. I think I think it's really important to get to that stage um, and 
once again, I don't think it's me. I think there's a lot of good work that was done at Connacht Rugby with the coaching that was in place before I even got there. So, yeah. and, and I hear you talking about leadership and leaders and, you know, responsibility. I suppose a lot of people would want to know, you know, how do you unearth these leaders? Are they standout-ish? Is there a certain way where you can identify leaders within a group? Because probably now, you know, we talked about the modern player, modern in society. Probably leadership is not something that's that that you're seeing an awful lot. You know, you're probably seeing it's probably a lot less scant than it was, you know, years ago. Well, you know, and you're probably a lot of lads now need need spoon fed and you know need yeah. the information. Like, how do you actually how do you unearth those sort of leaders or 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 how do you go about finding them as a coach? Like, what what traits are you looking for in a player? Well, the first, the first thing I don't look for is, is just what we call in French ancianity, guys that, are, that, that have been there for a long time. Being there okay. for a long time doesn't necessarily make you a great leader. Yeah. And I think a lot of times we, we get a bit blinded by that and say that a guy that's got mm. 200 games is going to be a great leader. It's mm. not always the case. Um, yeah. So I think that's the first thing that not to look for. And then I think, especially around the set piece, um, as I said, I've got a group of five guys that um last year when I got there, we had obviously lost Quinn Rue, experienced line-out caller. Um, we had lost Kevin Thornbury with a long-term injury, who was always a real good line-out leader. Um, so, so we had to basically start with Alton Delan, who hadn't called a lot of line-outs. Um, we had uh, Oshin Dowling, uh, Oshin Nile, Gav was still injured. But he sat in in all our meetings. He was a great, really great leader in the sense of he knew, he quickly took on board and he helped the others. Oshin Darling, Niall Murray, and who was my youngster missing? Uh, and then Sean Masterson, because he never called before, but everyone told me he was an intelligent rugby player. So, yeah, so we just started talking, sitting in meetings initially um, and just trying to get an idea around, firstly, do they want to do it? I think that's important. Do they want to be part of that group? Because it does demand extra time on Sundays and, mm -hmm. and Monday mornings to go and do your homework and, and get that done. Um, and uh, and then, yes, and then around the line, it's just if people can see, not what I, we talk about, pictures, similar pictures to, to what you can see. And then, and then over time, as I said, that leadership group for me is important that you've got a few more guys that's a little bit more experienced. And then... Um, Maybe, maybe two young guys that they can sit in all the meetings. I might not call for the first year. Now Murray didn't call a lineup until towards the end of last year. Now he's one of our main callers. But he sat in every meeting and learned and and tried to. And every time I asked him to do his lineup menu, um, so it's 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 about just like in the beginning, as I said, get, selling to the, those guys getting them on board, seeing the same pictures, uh, feeling the same way. And then, and then as, as that grows, we just let them go and then let them fly. And like, uh, Josh Murphy has been great. He's come from Leinster this year and he's been part of that group. And, and, and can we try this coach? Can we try that coach? Um, so he's been brilliant. And, and, um, on an off day, you call me and say, oh, coach, uh, for the defense, what do you think about this and that? So so it's been great to have those guys on board. And as I said, it's just been, I've been very fortunate um, that I've got a group of guys that that naturally wanted to do the job and they did it, and they're doing it pretty well at the moment. So Very good, very good. I'm not going to keep it too much longer, but I have to go back to this. You've used the word philosophy. 
yeah. uh, quite a quite a quite a number of times throughout our our uh, our, our chat, Dwell. And to be honest with you, you know, it's something that I'm 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 big on. You know, is is a coaching philosophy. I think it's important people understand as well. Obviously, it's it's not a playing style. You know, it's a set of beliefs and values yeah. that's unique and yeah. true to you. And obviously, you know, you've referenced your own, you know, childhood and your own yeah. playing career and playing journey. Like so, from a, from a coaching philosophy, you know, what what does that mean to you? Like a coaching philosophy, yeah. what, what's what's that to you? Yeah, absolutely. I think I think it's so important that that actually the first day when I knew I was still going to coach, I actually sat down and and. And I said, listen, what's my coaching philosophy? What does it look like? And I thought about actually, can I put it together in a picture? Mm-hmm. And uh, if I did, if I did put down a picture in front and say, this is my coaching philosophy. And I, I took about a week thinking about it. And, and eventually I got to, I drew a tree with deep roots, really deep roots. And, and initially I wrote, I still have it. I still have that keynote where I wrote it. And I said, well, for me, the tree is that as a coach, I've got to shelter and look after my players. So my players might have been the birds in the tree or the animals that live in the mm-hmm. tree. And, 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 and me as a coach was around um, the tree having the, the leaves and in creating an environment of protection for them and a home for them where they can feel safe. So... Um, and then the roots were obviously like having real good values and, 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 and systems that my parents installed in me. And then I did also write a part in it towards the end where that if, if the ground or the environment that I'm in becomes toxic, then the animals will leave and, and I won't be a place of protection anymore for the animals and for myself and, it, and around if, if that ground was toxic or not in great health, then I'd sometimes have to take, pull up my roots and go somewhere else. And I think in coaching that sometimes happens. And I, and, and the Stade Francais experience was one where it was a toxic environment and it did challenge me and, 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 and once again, failed on a few fronts there. Um, but, but I had to leave there to, to find a good place where I'm now with at, at Conrad rugby. Um, so, so that was my initial. That was my initial uh, picture I drew, and I think I went a little bit away from that. And now I can go back to that because I think it's really important to that. And and the best way that that I can put it down, I think Jace Ryan said it late of late, was that your players don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And I think that that really hit home for me. And um, and I think if you ask any kind of player for, in the forwards, they know how much I care for them and 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 um, and how much it hurts me every time that we lose one of our boys last year. The fact that uh, Johnny Murphy had to end stop playing and Sean Masterson had to go and, and Alti had to go, it hurt me to bits because um, we really started having real good relationships and they weren't just pieces of meat in my eyes. So, um, so, so, I think that 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 has given my love of coaching back again. The X's and O's. I think it's important to have real good key principles and philosophies around what does a good lineup look like, what is a good maul, what is a good scrum, what is a good attack shape, or whatever. I think it's important to have those mm-hmm. um, because, as I said, at Saint Francais, I went away from those because. 
the group had their own ideas and in the end I fell on that own on, on my own sword because I didn't continue mm-hmm. believing in those X's and O's and those philosophies. Mm-hmm. And and I and I missed out totally on 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 building a relationship with that group. So um so that's the, that's the big thing for me is that if you've got a group that knows how much you care for their performance, care for them as a human being, uh, care about the bigger picture of, of, of what you're trying to do as an organization, um, then I think a lot, of, a lot of the battles are won right there. So for me, that looks like that. For other people, it might look like something totally different. But um, I feel that I'm the happiest and my group of forwards are the happiest when, when I'm closer to that picture of that tree with the deep roots. So. Yeah, that's a great analogy. No, that's brilliant. That's brilliant. Uh, so it was one, one final question there before I let you go. Um, I took my first I think, senior club job when I was 29. I quit playing at 29. Obviously, I have regrets about quitting playing so early. You know, uh, I have no regrets about my coaching journey. I've yeah. loved every minute of it. Um, I went to a coach, prominent coach at the time and, and asked him, you know, can you give me any advice, you know, as a young coach, what's your advice? And he says, take a pen and a paper and just start to get everything down on paper, you know, plan and, and prepare, et cetera. So uh, a young coach starting out on his journey, what is, uh, is Dwell telling them? What are you telling a young coach now who's just starting out on their journey? Um, they've finished playing and they're starting to, to, to go into the world of coaching, whether it be professional sport or whether it be amateur sport. Uh, what, what, what is your words of advice for them? <clears throat> Uh, if I take three things, I would say um, first one would be keep it simple, but coach deep. Mm-hmm. Coach the simple things really well. Um, I would say the second thing is look after yourself. Look after yourself. I think it's important. Um, Mike Tron uses the analogy of you've got a battery and you've got to make sure that you keep doing the things you need to do to keep that battery green because if you're not looking after yourself that battery is just going to go down 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 and it's going to be a useless battery at some stage or another and then and then the next thing is just build relationships with with, with those players and as the young coach i also would say try and build relationships not just with your players but with your colleagues i mm. think we spend a lot of time with our colleagues um more than sometimes we do with our family. So really have strong relationship with those people. Um, mm-hmm. And then and then, I think one thing I learned as being a head coach is actually building a relationship with your, with, with the people above you, managing up with, uh, with your CEOs, with your, with the board, with those things. I think in the past as a young coach, I, I didn't think those relationships were important, but I think it's really important in the long run. So mm-hmm. So yeah, those I would say those would be the, the three things that I would that I would tell that person um, is that uh, and and then try and have some fun. Don't take yourself too seriously. <laughs> They'll have plenty of fun in Ireland anyway. You all they like a pint of Guinness and a bit of crack, as you say. You know, the the yeah. But uh, no, well, our, our Irish rugby is on a, is on a high as well. Obviously, the weekend is a huge win. Um, Huge win at the weekend, obviously against England, uh, completing the Grand Slam, obviously. So it's a, it's in a healthy place. Um, what what's what's next for what's next for yourself then? What's what's the next challenge then, or where do you see yourself then? Or yeah, well it's 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 been it's been an emotional ride in the last last two months or so. I was hoping I was hoping to 
what normally what I do is when I do things, I go all in. So yeah, they always say coaches don't buy houses, they rent them. But I, after three months here, I really enjoyed my experience to the point that I actually bought a house in Galway right. with, um, that we did up a little bit and uh, with the idea that, that we wanted to stay here for a longer period of time. Um, Unfortunately, yeah, um, there's a lot of there was a lot of things around trying to get to who the new head coach was, and and I was approached by quite a few clubs in that time, and um, and I wasn't really planning on going anywhere until um, a very good friend of mine, Joe Alabt, who's the head coach at Oyana, called me up, and and uh, and we've always for many years we've, we've wanted to coach together, and um, and I've always looked up to Joe as a player and as a coach, and. And he's convinced me to to, um, to come back to France, and, and I'll be joining Joe up in in Oyonna, um from next season onwards. So obviously a little bit of taking the family back home to France, where 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 my missus is from. And but um, yeah, it's with a heavy heart. I would have I would have yeah. liked for it to to have turned um, turned into a situation where we stayed on and. Um, and I and I dread the day that we're going to have to say a very emotional goodbyes to the boys. But um, yeah, um, no, I think once again, as I said earlier, it's important to look after yourself and look after your family. And, and it was a decision. And it was a decision with regards to that. Um, uh, my wife's looking forward to being a little bit less wind, uh, less blown away by the wind and wet <laughs> than in the west of Ireland. So I, I was just going to say that at least you're guaranteed a bit better weather where, where you're going. You know, listen, well, thanks very much for your time. I really, yeah. really appreciate it. Um, listen, I've no doubt that you're going to be a success wherever you go. Um, you know, it's been a pleasure chatting to you. Just while you were chatting to me there, you know, I I, I love coaching. Uh, I'm engrossing coaching my whole. Yeah. My whole life is engrossing coaching, both in my in my job and outside of, of school as well. And just the, the the stuff that I've picked up from from our chat is is outstanding. Like so, look, thanks very much, and I'm sure our our listeners in in, in DSS will 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 really really love it. And there's plenty for everyone to take there, whether you're a young coach, an experienced coach, or or, or anywhere on your journey. So look, I wish you all the very best, yourself and your young family, and I hope things work out for you. Thank you very much. Well, thanks for your time, bye. Brilliant. Thanks so much for having me. And we can we can we can feel your passion. So it's great to have a great chat with yourself. So appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Thank you.